Hi there, esteemed audience, and welcome to another episode of Middle Grade Ninja. I'm your host, Rob Kent. As you know, I'm the author of Banneker Bones and the Giant Robot Bees, and that wonderful book is available as a paperback and audiobook, or the ebook is free, yes, free to download whenever you're watching or listening to this, wherever fine ebooks are sold. Under the super secret pen name Robert Kent, I've written some books for older readers, including a young adult novel called All Together Now, A Zombie Story. You can find out more information about me, more information about those books, and more importantly, interviews with thousands of literary agents, authors, publicists, editors, all the world's best people at middlegradeninja.com. And that's more than enough intro. I couldn't be more thrilled. We are chatting with Ellen Whitfield this morning from Book Forward. Uh, Ellen, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am absolutely thrilled to talk with you. This is the perfect morning for us to have a conversation. And I'll tell you more uh, about that in a moment. I've just uh, finished... Um, uh, the rewriting version, the rewriting portion of a revision of a book that I'm getting ready to put out in the world. Because of that, I know that it's time, okay, well, once I get past that brutal process, it's time to start thinking about publicity. Once we get this thing launched in the world, what's that going to look like? And look at this on this very morning. Here you are, Ellen Whitfield, to yeah. tell me all about uh, publicity and, and launch strategies. So I've got all kinds of questions for you. Best place to start is if you would give a esteemed audience kind of an overview of your background. Sure, yeah. Um, so I actually was a copy editor for a number of years at different newspapers. Um, and then um, when I had a kiddo, I quickly realized that, that was not going to, that schedule was not going to work. Um, so I kind of looked around and I've always been a big reader. Um, and I happened to um, see an opening with Books Forward, formerly JKS Communications, and, you know, kind of weaseled my way in there. It was a very fortuitous timing. Um, so I've been with the company for about five years now and um, have learned a ton of different things and also have gotten to put, you know, put to use my copy editing skills, uh, my joy of reading. It's, it's really the perfect job for me and I feel very lucky. Um, I work on the publicity side and I also oversee other publicists um, as well as uh, our digital marketing team kind of have a hand in everything. And um, I love I love our company. I love the office we work with. And I just feel really lucky I get to do something so cool because it's one of those jobs you don't really necessarily know as a job when you're growing up, you know, as a kid. So I feel, um, I feel very lucky that I found it. And you're, I saw on the website as of this recording, your title is publicity director at this point. I think that's right. Yep. <laughs> you're also you're training all the incoming publicists yes so I train our interns I train our um, contractors and our and our publicists as they kind of move up and become more senior I you know we we go through a lot of different training processes and I've kind of helped to put those in the place with the help of a lot of other people it is certainly not a uh, solo mission by any means um, I, I do much better work when I work with other people and that's kind of our company motto. Um, we, we all work well, really well together, which has been nice. But yeah, that is that is one of the parts that, of my job that I really love is kind of getting to brainstorm different different things with um, all the publicists, which is really great. So, I mean, you're the, you're the, the perfect person for me to be talking to because I'm going to pull up the uh, Book Forward website in a bit here and we'll go through 
um, almost like an application process. So you can walk me through what all the authors watching or listening can maybe expect. Yeah. Uh, we do that. I want to talk just a little bit about, about your background and how you become a publicity director. Sure. Um, so well, let's start with copy editing. It's not a good good uh, schedule for having a child um, well copy editing at a newspaper at a daily newspaper oh, okay. is is not uh you know you work nights you work weekends you work holidays so it is uh it's it's tough i mean you know you love it when you're in your early 20s and in the, at a college newspaper but then um you get a little older and you're, you're tired all the time so that was a that was a little tough with with a newborn um, you know, and I, I loved working in a newspaper and my husband still works at uh, a newspaper. So big believer in, you know, the press. Uh, but yeah, schedule wise, it was it was a little tough. And so I was like, man, I always wanted to work in books. Kind of seemed like a pipe dream. But I was like, let me see what's out there. Just worked out really, really well. You were a, a big reader as a child on, right? Oh, God, yes. Um, I mean, I used to set an alarm at night to read under the covers after my parents had gone to sleep because I needed to squeeze it. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> no. I Because I, I wasn't getting enough reading time during the day. So I would wake up at night and read under the covers for a while. And uh, yeah, I mean, my mom used to tell us, stop reading in the car because, you know, she wanted us to like talk to her. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up reading and my parents, I was lucky enough to have parents who just read to me all the time. So I grew up surrounded by books and that definitely played a big part in <laughs> who I am today. So when you're uh, coming up on, on graduation, you're looking toward journalism right off the bat. Or are you thinking? Yeah, oh, that's you know, pretty much. Author? I have never, I, to be honest with you, I have never had it. A dream to become an author um, because it seems really hard and I am not somebody who wants to do that soul you know bearing journey um, I don't I don't think that I have that in me I mean I'll have ideas every now and then but I never ever follow through on them so maybe one day I will but yeah after um, you know I pretty much studied journalism in college and then kind of just you know I worked at the student me media newspaper um, and kind of just knew that I was going to go into newspapering as I graduated. And then I guess always just had kind of books in the back of my mind, but I didn't know book publicity was a job. You know, I just thought, you know, you're an editor or you, you know, write reviews. And I didn't know if I wanted to do that and, or, or would be good at it. Um, and so now I <laughs> actually write reviews for, you know, for fun. And I work on the uh, publicity side of things for, uh, for work. So it's the best of both worlds. Something I saw, you worked at, uh, at a few different uh, media outlets uh, with the Dallas Morning News, the Waco Tribune Herald, some others. And then I saw that you were coordinating book coverage for the Advocate newspaper of Baton Rouge in New Orleans. Yeah, so when I was at the Advocate, um, which has uh, papers in uh, Acadiana, which is Lafayette, and then Baton Rouge and New Orleans, um, I did. I wrote book reviews there, and that was that was a wonderful. I got you know that was so much fun to get to do, and so now I kind of I do that on the side for the New York General Books, and then I have a, a Bookstagram account where I do that um, for fun as well. So. But yeah, it's definitely a different experience, um, you know, writing the book reviews and then getting into the actual book publicity, like really the meat of things. I see. I thought I had saw that you were doing more than 100 plus books per year at one point or maybe currently. Oh, that's supposed to be my dirty little secret. That's oh. <laughs> kind of embarrassing. I, I, 
you know, it's an escape from reality. And especially the past two years, it's just been like, let me not watch the news. I'm going to read this book about space. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you can see, it's, it's, it's an issue, you know? Um, yeah, last year, I think I ended on, I don't even know, maybe 160 or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. That might be embarrassing. Place. I can't think <laughs> not, not any place I'd want to go. But it's like, don't, you, embarrassing don't you have anything that else going on? <laughs> no, I don't have anything else going on, honestly. So how, I mean, how many books are you reading then on a week? What's your regular reading schedule? I usually, I would guess I'd, I finish maybe two or three a week. I mean, it depends on the week. And honestly, now that we're kind of starting to get back into things, it'll probably go down. But um, that's what it's kind of been the past. And of course, it depends on the book, too. You know, I'm reading um, The Love Songs of W.E.B. Du Bois, and that's like a, an 800-page literary fiction novel. That'll probably take me three weeks to get through. Um, but if it's just like a space adventure, I can get through that in, you know, three or four days. And that's usually I try to kind of mix it up and do some of different genres. Are you still setting an alarm to wake up after everybody's asleep to do a little God, reading? No. I miss little Ellen who used to do that. What a naive fool. Sleep. That's where you need to focus. Are you uh, some of those audiobooks as well? Or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, I'll set a TBR for the month and I'll kind of look and see what my library has available as audiobook, but I also use Libro FM um, for audiobooks. I have a membership there. And so I get a credit every month and can kind of pick and choose what I want to listen to. Um, but that's, that's a big, big thing for me as a mom, you know, doing dishes, driving around in the car, um, whatever else it's, it makes it a lot easier to get to book, get through books. And I also like the experience for some books of listening to them and, and the narrator's choices and things like that are really fun. Yeah. That's uh, one of the big things that, that helped get me through this uh, pandemic knock on wood that we're, that we're on our way out. Um, I uh, had my uh, my membership with the local library, and they've got two different apps that you can download as many audiobooks it's as you so want. so great. I feel so lucky. Like, I'll look, and I'll be like, they have this, they have this, they have this. And so I can kind of switch back and forth. If I'm reading at night, I'll read the print version. If I'm driving somewhere, I can pick it up where I left off, and the audio version is awesome. I'm, I Are you switch back and forth the print? That doesn't annoy you when you're reading it in one voice on the print version, and then some narrator has their take? No, I mean, there's every once in a while I'll run across a narrator and that I, I do not like. And recently I read a romance book and it was like from the voice of a, it was a narrated in the book by a female and the narrator was a male and I kind of, it kind of threw me. Um, but it really usually doesn't bother me unless the narration is just really outstandingly bad. Um, but I, that's how I would read, how I read probably 50% of my books is switching back and forth between print and audio. And do you, um, do you make time for, I don't know, Netflix series that you binge or video I games? I do. Believe it or not, it's amazing. I mostly have been re-watching things recently, but there's a couple shows that I'll, I'll try, you know, maybe a new show every other month or so. I'm very into Abbott Elementary right now. So funny. And it's Abbott Elementary Day. I'm very excited. That means I can watch it tonight or watch it tomorrow morning. It's going to be great. And then... Um, <clears throat> It's uh, you mentioned science fiction is a is a favorite of yours. Absolutely, you have absolute favorite genres, or do you like a little bit of everything? Um, I like a little bit of everything. I would say science fiction is probably my favorite. I read a lot of fantasy. Um, 
I, I've been reading more romance. I um, tend to only pick and choose. I'm very picky about like middle grade and YA. Um, Cause I want, I want, I know those are written for a younger audience and I don't want it to like, you know, me, my review of being like rolling my eyes at the young adults. Well, they're teenagers. Of course you're going to roll your eyes at them, you know? So I want to give them a chance. Um, what else? Yeah. I mean, I like literary fiction. I actually thought I hated historical fiction, but I got kind of into that last year. So, but yeah, sci-fi will always be my favorite. I have my Becky Chambers books right there. She's my, my absolute fave. And um, I'm always looking for my next space opera adventure. <laughs> so uh, for all those listening who are thinking, man, I would like to get into the publicity game. Um, how do you go about getting uh, getting a job there at, at, you said JKS was at the time? Yeah, we used to be JKS. We're books forward. Now we switched in 2020 to kind of have a more all-encompassing name uh, and celebrate 20 years as a company. Um, so a lot of schools, if you're going to college, a lot of schools have um, publicity programs, or if they don't have anything that's like focused on publicity or, you know, literary, anything like that, um, there, there is probably a general PR program, um, which is a really great start to have. Um, and then a lot of, I think job-wise, when you're looking, a lot of, um, publishers have in-house publicity teams, marketing teams that you can look and become a part of. Um, a lot of those are located in New York, but the pandemic has made virtual work, obviously, a much bigger thing. And then there are also a ton of like small publishers, indie publishers, vanity publishers all around the country um, that probably have, uh, you know, smaller publicity teams, but, you know, they may just have one job. But those are the kind of places that I think can be a really, really great job. Um, or something to look at after people are graduating. So um, yeah, I mean, I always encourage people to just kind of start there because there are independent publicity companies like, like Books Forward, um, but those are a smaller number. And so a publisher, publishers are a great place to start because almost all publishers have a publicity team and that's um, <clears throat> a, a great place to look and we'll, we'll give a lot of different options. So you, uh, you, you, you get in there five years ago, now you're publicity director, which on paper looks like uh, pretty tremendous. You're training the publicists as they come in the door. So they come in and they say, Ellen Woodfield, we want to be as, as wonderful a publicist as you. <laughs> what does that training look like? Where do you start? So we generally start with uh, like the basics. Okay, here's how our systems work, you know, and, and things like that. But then we start with pitching how do we pitch how do we reach out to an outlet but you know we make it personalized we let them know like we're reaching out to you because we think you would really love this book not because you're on our list and we're just going through our list crossing people off we're like we saw that you you know read this book and really enjoyed it and this has a lot of the same themes or we saw that you interviewed this author this author is really you know similar or is is completely opposite and you know it might be fun to kind of read those and compare them or whatever the case may be so we want people to know when we're reaching out to them that we're reaching out to them for a reason and that you know it seems simple on paper but um journalists and and bloggers and people like that get so many pitches every day i mean you probably know i'm sure you get pitched a lot to have people on your show um, we want people to know that we're reaching out to them because we want them, not because we're just, you know, going through a list. Um, so doing that, writing press kits and press releases is another part of training, um, which 
you know, it, it's something that is helpful for every author to have because they can send it out to anybody they're in touch with so that um, the people that they're talking with have all the basic information. If it's a bookseller, they have the ISBN, they have the ordering information. If it's somebody that's interviewing them, they, okay, great. They have talking points on what the author is really passionate about. So they can kind of say, oh, here's what a great interview would look like anything like that. And so that's a lot of work training people how to write a really good press kit that's going to look great for an author. Um, and then just kind of um, a lot of my job is honestly helping people stay organized and helping people kind of figure out uh, strategies for getting through their emails or, um, you know, working with authors and, and how to work with different kinds of authors, you know, because different authors have different personalities and different genres need different levels of research and, and brainstorming and things like that. So a lot of my job is, okay, in this situation, we would do this, but in this slightly different situation, we would approach it differently. Um, and, and I think sometimes it's just helpful to have somebody to go over things with rather than, I, I always tell my publicist, I don't want you working in a vacuum because that's lonely and it's hard. And I want you to have somebody you can bounce ideas off of. And I want you to have somebody who can look at your pitches and say, oh, I think this headline works better or whatever the case may be. So, you know, once I kind of get them trained and up and running, it's a lot of, my, a lot of my job is <clears throat> how's your workload? You know, are you feeling like you're still staying organized and just kind of looking over things for them and help helping them out in that way? Obviously, of course, the um, uh, pandemic has thrown everything off. Uh, but again, hopefully we're, we're, we're coming back to some semblance of, of normal. Knock on wood. Um, but prior to that, is everybody coming into one office, one central location? Or are you uh, training people virtually even before everyone had to? Yeah, so we actually, I actually have been working virtually before the pandemic. Um, we have an office in Nashville and we have an office in New Orleans. I live in Baton Rouge, which is about an hour outside of New Orleans. Um, so I do do a lot of the training virtually. <clears throat> I was having interns from LSU, which is in Baton Rouge, and training with them in person. Um, but it was not a huge leap for me to kind of move everything virtually because um, we, I was lucky enough to have <clears throat> one of our team members, Hannah, worked with me to set up a training system. And so kind of by the time the pandemic ha happened, we had a training system that was like rock solid in place. Um, and we'll go through and make adjustments to it. But having that system in place to say like step one, day one, like, all right, let's set up your email. Let's set up your signature, that kind of basic stuff. And then, you know, two weeks later, we're getting into the nitty gritty of, you know, how to write a pitch for a Southern magazine or something super specific um, and kind of moving through that training in a two week period um, was, was really helpful to already have set up and get going. And it, it did not make a, um, a huge difference to change that from doing it in person with those LSU interns to doing it virtually. Okay, so email signature. What's some basic information that every publicist and every author should have uh, in their in their signature? So we have, um, I think for for publicists, we have you know our name, our our email address. Which I'm always like, do I need my email address if I'm email? But you know, just put it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we have our our logo that links to our website. I have a sign up link for our BFF newsletter, which is like an influencer newsletter. Um, and then some of our publicists have links to blog posts that they've written, whether it's on our blog or on Writer's Digest or anything like that. Um, I have my currently reading because I find that that can spark conversations with people sometimes. 
Um, and then I have my pronouns and I encourage authors to do most of the same information. Um, website, absolutely. Um, your website should have pre-order links on there, but can't hurt to do pre-order links in your uh, signature as well. Cause I find that the less clicks people have to go down, the less, you know, work you have to make people do the better. Um, any kind of posts that you've written, guest posts, guest articles, anything like that is really helpful. Currently reading can be good. I think pronouns is really helpful to have. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's the basic stuff. Well, I have an idea, but just so um, it's you saying it, why, uh, why, why are pronouns important to have in your signature? Um, I think including pronouns is just a way to communicate with people that you are um, uh, open. And if, if they are um, unsure if, if they use they, them pronouns, you know, they may not be super sure if you're going to be receptive to that. And I think that doing that communicates your openness and saying like, hey, I'm Ellen, I use she, her pronouns will help them be more comfortable um, if they want to introduce their pronouns as well. Uh, and then as far as websites go, um, I'm going to put my main website and then I want to put my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, my yes. all of, do I want to have all of those? Do I want to have five links or do I want to cut it to it's three? It's kind of up to you. I know a lot of authors um, will have that on their website, but again, the less clicks that you can make people do, I think the better. Um, and especially if there's uh, social media profiles where you're more active, like say you're more active on Instagram and Twitter, maybe including those. Um, or if you want to include everything, if you're, you know, try to do everything across the board, that can be great as well. Uh, and then uh, does it matter what order they're in? Like if I've got a book for pre-order, should that be link number one? If you only click on one, click on this one or should yeah. it the bottom catch your eye as you're about to leave? Nope. First thing is best, I think. I, you know, as soon as you can get people interested in pre-ordering, that would be my number one thing to do. Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, let's talk. Uh, let's talk getting a, a campaign launched. So, if I go to the Books Forward website as of this recording, so as of right now, uh, and I go to the Get Started page, you want to know my name. It's Rob Kent. You want to know my email, my phone number, and then you want to know the book title or titles and the genre. If I'm coming to you for a publicity campaign, realistically, how many books should I have in mind for us to start with? You, I mean, it can be your, we work with debut authors. We work with authors who've written 20 plus books and they're like, all right, I want to try something different from this one. Um, the biggest hurdle I think that we work with is timing because obviously, you know, okay, I'm done. I'm, you know, working with an editor. Now's the time to think about publicity, but a lot of people don't know that, you know, they, they think, okay, I'll just work on publicity when my book comes out, but it's actually in reality, it's better to think about that kind of when you are, you know, six plus months before your, um, your theoretical pub date, because that gives us a chance to get you on our schedule. And we like to work with authors four to five months, like start their campaigns four to five months before their pub date so that we can get some coverage moving. And that pub date is all this coverage comes out for, for the author. Um, so that's a, the biggest thing to think about is, okay, when am I theoretically going to be publishing my book? Um, and, you know, and being flexible with that. If we, you know, if we tell you, you know, the end of December is probably not a good time, you know, thinking about a January pub date may be more beneficial to you or, or something like that. Um, but that's, yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing that I think a lot of authors struggle with or, or may not think about, especially on the debut side is, 
oh, publicity needs to be, I need to be thinking about that pretty early on. Okay, dumb question. There are no dumb questions. No, I'm going to ask because I know somebody's maybe thinking it. Is um, I don't have a new book coming out, but I have ten perfectly great books that came out. I don't know a year, two years ago. Why aren't they selling better? I'll come to you, and you'll help help me make them sell sell them better. Is that a good strategy, or would it be better to have a new book and then also hit the back list while you're promoting the new book? I mean, if you got a new book in you, that is definitely going to help. The thing we recommend most for like books that are already out is digital marketing, because that is what's going to really help move copies of books that are already out. And we do have a digital marketing team that works on um, that kind of stuff. And is, they're, you know, really great at, at that. Um, if you do have a backlist and you have a new book coming out, we can also incorporate that in all into one kind of plan. Um, and that's one thing that, you know, is a little bit different about books forward. A lot of publicity companies have packages, I guess, you know, a package is this, it costs this much B package is this, it costs this much. When we get your um, query, which is what you're talking about on the website where you fill out all this information on a form, um, our ambassadors kind of reach out to each author and say, and you know, if they get a call set up and they kind of talk about goals, they talk about, you know, budget and things like that. And then we put together a plan that is different for each author. So that might be, okay, publicizing your new book and doing digital marketing for your, these five backlist titles, or it might be doing digital marketing for the new book and, you know, the, uh, the old books, or it it can be really anything. Um, It's just very dependent on what the author's goals are and what, what the author's budget is. And, you know, what, if, the, if this is their only book and this is like what they want to do the push in, that proposal is going to look a lot different than if it's an author's first book and this is like they want this to be their long-term career. Okay, our goal is going to be looking at this book, but also long-term author branding in that case. Gotcha. <clears throat> um, and the uh, book ambassador that, that uh, reaches out to me, is that going to be you or is that going to be somebody you're training to be in publicity or is that going to be somebody completely separate from the publicist? So that's somebody separate. Yeah. We have book ambassadors that reach out and that is their job. They put together proposals. They talk with clients on the front end and they are going to be uh, working on that almost exclusively. So that's a very different job. And I know the basics of what they do because, you know, we work, we all work together. Um, But, you know, their job looks a lot different day to day. They're talking with clients and putting together proposals on a day to day basis. So that's definitely a different job. Gotcha. So unless somebody has cleverly uh, started their own podcast and invited you to be a guest on it, they don't get to talk to you right off the bat there. No, no. And honestly, they don't want to talk to me right off the bat because they'll be like, well, how much would this cost? I'd be like, I don't know. (laughs) That's just, (laughs) I I could guess, but it could be way off and that would not be helpful to you. So those are the kind of people that you do want to talk to right off the bat because they are going to be able to make decisions and tell you more information uh, more immediately than I will. Uh, so what comes next then you want to know when the fully edited manuscript is going to be available if I'm telling you I'm thinking I've got a book idea I'm going to start writing it hope to have it within a year is that worth even reaching out at this point I mean you certainly can especially you know if it's something that you think will 
will, you know, you're going to want to do publicity for, um, you certainly can let us know like, Hey, I'm thinking about this. Can you just keep it on your radar? I never, I'm a big over communicator. So I'm a big fan of knowing what's coming up, having more information than I may need. Um, but yeah, it's usually the point where you kind of have your edited manuscript and you're kind of moving through that process of, of, um, getting ready. You're thinking about a pub date that could, because a lot of what we do is looking at the book. And so if the book's not ready yet, it's hard to get started basically. Gotcha. Well, maybe I don't know what the book looks like, but I could tell you about my movie proposal once I get there. <laughs> oh yeah. That would be good too. Yeah. <laughs> Never going to be mad about that. I want to, that's all self-explanatory. You want to know when the book's being published. And then you want to know, has your book been edited by someone who specializes in books? If I say to you, no, but my mom loves it. What, uh, what do we do then? Do you have recommendations for somebody who might look at it before we get started? Yeah, we do. We have a lot of editors that we work with and we can re make recommendations, you know, depending on the genre and budgets and things like that. Um, but we do tend to recommend that people have books professionally edited just to give them the best chance at success because we don't want to do um, publicity for a book if, if, you know, people are going to read it and all they're seeing are, you know, copy editing mistakes. That's not fair to the author because that they're not being judged on the content of their book. And that's what we really want for, for each author. Well, it's not going to be a good look for books forward either, is it? Probably not, but that was my PR answer, so. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> uh, and then what else we got here? Want to know the cover has been designed by somebody who specializes in books. Uh, again, if um, I don't have a good answer to that, do you have, or would, they, would the book ambassador have like a stable of, of people they might refer me to to get a better cover? We do. Yeah. I mean, that's something that we run into a lot and it's just, yeah, as much as it's don't judge a book by its cover, that's not, you know, that's not how it works. And people do judge books by their cover. So again, we want to give the book a best, its best chance at success so we can make recommendations there as well. Um, and we, you know, we actually have a, um, a sister company called Books Fluent that can help um, authors, basically walk people through their self-publishing journey. So that's something that our Books Fluent um, um, employees work with as well. They have people they work with that can, are editors, book cover designers, audio book narrate. I mean, all kinds of stuff that they work with and we can touch base with them about recommendations as well. Sure. Uh, and if esteemed audience is wondering about a recommendation, I should I feel compelled to toss out NovakIllustration.com for Stephen Novak. He's my favorite cover illustrator because that's who designs my covers. Um, so okay, so we get the we got the cover squared away, we got the editing put away. We want to know if you're interested in producing an audiobook. Presumably they can refer me to um, you said book book influential. It's books fluent, um, but yeah, I mean the we you know, we work with, with narrators and since we've seen such a spike in audiobook interest over the past couple of years, especially, that's something that if people have the budget for it, we highly recommend that they look into doing an audiobook as well. Cause for readers like me, that's going to get me a lot more likely to, to read a book if I know I can listen to it. Um, and of course there are people out there who are audiobook, you know, um, they, that's what they do. They listen to audiobooks. So we can reach them if we have an audiobook as well. That makes sense. Uh, and then we get to estimated budget. Um, so what, uh, 
in an ideal world, um, what are some, and I know it's going to vary from project to project, yes. what our goals are going to be, but what's a realistic budget for, let's say, just this, this is our first book. We want to test the waters before we write additional books. If I come to you and I say my budget's $500, are we done talking? Where, <laughs> where do we need to be? Yeah, so that's $500 is probably just not going to be enough to get us going. Um, we generally work more in the range of like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars for long six month campaigns, and that is basically to give us the ability to do everything we need to do to give it the book its best chance at success. Um, we do do more targeted campaigns that are you know a little bit less expensive, and we do a lot of campaigns that have all the bells and whistles closer to like the you know tens of thousands closer to the hundred thousand dollar range. I mean. But that's one of the nice things about the way that we do campaigns is that everything is is really, really, okay, well, let's take this out if we need to save some money there. We don't need to do that. Or what if we add this in? Because I know one of your goals is X, Y, Z. Let's add this in because it's not too expensive. Um, but yeah, generally having, um, I mean, obviously, like you said, it varies, varies a lot. Um, but fifteen to 20000 is is a good kind of, um, I guess, mid-level average campaign cost. All right. We're definitely going to come back uh, and talk more about budget. Uh, rounding out the form, you want to know a little bit about the book. You just want the basic pitch or what's going to be available on the sales page eventually. Yeah. I mean, basically, you know, and that can be anything from like, why did you write this book? Why do you feel passionately about this subject matter? Or, you know, just the basics of like, what is it about? Like, you know, general, what you think will turn into the back cover copy. Um, any of that kind of information is just helpful to know as we kind of get started and, and reach out to you. Uh, what do you hope to accomplish in working with us? What's a good answer for that? Um, I want to be really famous and make all the money. So. Yeah, that is <laughs> not scary. Um, we basically, we're looking for people who know what their goals are, you know, having specific goals is really helpful. And we can help kind of narrow the, that down because I think a lot of authors haven't thought past, I want to write a book. And it's like, now I have written a book and I don't, I don't know what I want next. So we can help authors, but kind of knowing, okay, I want this to be a stepping stone into my author career, or, you know, this is my only book. So I want to give it its best ch chance at success. Or, you know, I want to make sure that my book is available to order from parnesandnoble.com or, or whatever the case may be, you know, um, lot different, there's so many authors and, and there are so many different dreams. So we just kind of want to know what do you want? And is that, is it, is it going to be possible for us to help you get there basically? Okay. I'm a debut novelist and I want to be on Jimmy Fallon. How realistic is that? Not very. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, I mean, if you're a front list title at a traditionally published publishing house, that's not unrealistic. But that's not the reality for most authors. So, and, the, you know, that's not to say there's not an angle for certain books or ways that we can try things. Um, but most of those kind of things, Ellen, Oprah, you know, Reese's Book Club are places that work with, you know, the traditional publishers send them a list of titles to consider. And that's how those, those kind of books get selected. Again, that doesn't mean we can't reach out about things, especially for um, books that have or have current event angles or, you know, an author that 
<clears throat> maybe, you know, just as interesting as their book or something like that. Um, but that is going to be one of the, the toughest things to do. Gotcha. Uh, so what if I say, uh, I don't know, I want to want a Newberry. So that's, I mean, I think that's a little bit different because that's not something that, that the, I guess, entry process for that is different. You know, they do look at, at different things beyond just like, okay, this list of the, the traditional publisher sends us. So that's going to be mostly the content of your book. That's basically a submission process. So that's a little bit of a different, um, uh, a horse of a different color to take from the Wizard of Oz. Gotcha. So the publicist will do the absolute best they can with the book they have to work with, but the quality of the book is going to determine whether or not you're going to be one of the prizes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially for awards and those and honors and those kind of things, like we can absolutely enter you for those things and we can help you find those things. Cause a lot of, I mean, there are so many contests and so many awards and stuff that authors just may not know about. So that's part of what we can do is help you find things and help you find things you might win, you know, or might place in, um, you know, it may not be the Hugos, but that doesn't mean your state doesn't have a science fiction writing competition, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, that we can certainly enter for awards and things like that, but ultimately it does come down for, to the, the content of the book for those kind of things. Gotcha. But if I've got a book that has fantastic content, my mother assures me it's, it's wonderful. Um, and we can at least put together a list of all the different types of contests and a plan for when, when those need to be entered. Would that maybe impact uh, when we should be thinking about publication at all, depending on when we want to be entering for those awards? No, I generally don't recommend changing a pub date, depending on those, because there are so many and they all have very different dates and deadlines and things like that. So I think generally, no, that it, it shouldn't, it should be more about when does it make more sense to release this book? If, if you're a Black author, maybe during Black History Month, or if it's a holiday story, obviously maybe like November or something like that. Those are the kind of things that I would think about a little bit more rather than like awards or contests or anything like that. Okay, so holiday story for you know Christmas or uh, Kwanzaa, whatever comes there in December. When I be looking at November, Halloween, do we want to be talking September or maybe even yeah. August? Yeah, I think that's generally a good idea um, because that way, you know, if if we're on a, an ideal timeline, you know, we're starting, hold on, I got to do a version of math in my head. We're starting, you know, early summer so we can send books to magazines and play and you know, people who are going to review the book in early summer, give them a chance to get it, give them a chance to read it as they're putting together, okay, spooky stories for you know getting ready for Halloween or whatever because if you think backwards it you know it takes a while to get that stuff together and you want to put it together before people before we hit Halloween so that it can give people a chance to get in the mood or you know whatever the case may be um, so always just kind of thinking several steps backwards which sounds wild but that can be really helpful when you're thinking about um, timing things. Gotcha so uh, let's go uh, back to budget a little bit. So let's say 15,000 we said is, you know, that's table stakes more or less. I think so. And yeah, and I mean, again, this is not my area of expertise. So I can, I can make guesses and I can be general here, but specifics are going to be tougher just because that's not um, something that I do every day. No, I want the exact formula to guarantee <laughs> success for my book. <laughs> Everybody does weirdly. <laughs> If, uh, if I'm not on the cover of Time magazine by the end of this year, we failed. Yes. 
Well, it's February. We have time. <laughs> well, looking, uh, looking, our esteemed audience knows that we're speaking in, in general terms, but to, to give us some idea, let's say, okay, we've got, let's say $20,000 uh, that we're going to put down. So what does that campaign look like? We're, we're going to all even put the specific parameters. It's going to be a middle grade book. Um, what does a campaign for a middle grade book and oh, I don't know about talking animals because I've got a middle grade book about talking animals. What does that campaign look like? Uh, and what, what, and when do I know whether or not I have achieved a successful investment of my $20,000? So, you know, I guess the, to answer the last part of your question first, um, whether you've, you know, achieved a successful investment, that's basically going to be like, okay, again, what are your goals here? Like, are we meeting those goals? And because that's how we put together proposals is trying to meet the goals that you have. So you have a substantial backlist, you know, and, and you have uh, long-term author, you know, goals. And so I think that we're not only going to be thinking about the singular book, but we're also going to be thinking about you as an author. Um, so that proposal is going to look a little bit different. But in general terms, um, I'm actually going to pull up a proposal um, so I can kind of go through it. We have a section called industry guidance. And basically that is general terminology for we are available to answer your questions because you're going to have a lot of questions. Um, as you, I mean, you may not have as many as maybe a first time author, but you're going to have people that say, you know, do you want to run this promotion for $90, you know, reach out to you. So we're a good place for you to go and say, is this worth it? And we'll say, ah, they just started a month ago. Probably not. Or yes, this isn't a very established book tour company. I think it's totally worth it, um, to, to get signed up for one of those. Um, we also do your press kit, you know, we help you look through maybe your website and say like, or do a website audit and say like, okay, I think if you want to um, keep things really cohesive, you know, we talk about color scheme, font, you know, basics of design and talk about keeping that cohesive across not only your website, but your social media profiles as well. Um, we put together pitch angles that we think are going to be really good for your book and kind of a way to sell your book. Um, and we put together a target list. And basically what that is, is we're going to reach out to obviously book bloggers and book influencers about reading and reviewing your book. But we're also going to talk to you about writing guest articles for different outlets and publications. So that may be Writer's Digest. It may be, you know, um, Mr. Shu Reads or something like that for a middle grade book. So um, trying to think about opportunities that are not just reviews of your book, but also building your SEO, you know, so when people search for your name, it's coming back with great results, just pages and pages of reviews of your book, interviews that you've done, um, guest articles that you've written, things like that. Um, so, and sometimes it's helpful that that kind of thing is helpful to reach a wider audience because, you know, a, if we reach out to a website that doesn't necessarily do book reviews, but they might take a guest article from you. Um, that's going to be reaching a different audience than maybe a, a book review website will be. So that's what we're trying to do is kind of spread you all over the internet. Um, we'll reach out to local media, you know, places that you live near, or if you live in a different place and you still have strong ties to your hometown, we can reach out to those places. Or if your book is like set in the South and has really strong Southern connections, we can reach out to Southern connection, uh, Southern publications that can be really helpful. Um, 
we also talk about, you know, um, Goodreads and other sites like that, Storygraph, Readerly, getting your book on there, making sure that your profile is optimized as well as your book profile. Um, we have, we can talk to our digital team about um, social media ads, reader newsletters, Amazon ads, things like that. And that can be for your current book, but also for your backlist titles, because giving those a boost will inevitably help your current, your current release as well. Um, we also do book mailings and that can, that always includes uh, a handwritten note, but we can also talk about, especially for like a fun middle grade title, fun swag items to send out. And so we can send you lots of different ideas, different price points um, to help people get excited about the book and help the book stay on their mind. Um, and so once we kind of put that together, all the plans together in the first month, then we start pitching, coordinating coverage, things like that as we work our way through the target list and kind of figure out, okay, yes, this is working. Let's focus here, or this isn't working. Are there different outlets we should be trying, or is this just kind of a dead end? Let's pivot and try something else. And we know it's not working. You're just not getting the responses from the people that you're looking for. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's timing. Sometimes it's, you know, a different book that similar came out, um, but we always pivot and figure out, okay, let's find secondary contacts at these places or, you know, let's focus on radio instead because we are getting so much interest from radio. So let's, let's focus there and, and really expand there since it's going really well. Gotcha. I'm assuming radio includes podcasts or uh, local television shows, if you can yep. talk. Absolutely. Gotcha. Um, okay. Uh, and so this um, proposal to, this, 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 this author package that we're going to put together and we're going to send out to all these people. I'm assuming that when you, when you write out to, a, to any book, uh, book promoter, book, book person, uh, you're going to refer to them by their name. Hopefully you've established some kind of relationship with them. Yes. And so, you know, we do obviously having worked in the industry for 22 years, have a lot of great contacts, but we also research for, do new research for each book that we, um, that we start working on because we want to find, because every book has different angles and we want to find the best people to reach out to for that book. So, you know, I might say, oh, immediately, like, I know, you know, Lakita is going to be interested in this book, but I also want to find new people that are going to be interested in the book that I don't know about yet. So how we pitch them very much depends on previous relationship or if we don't have a previous relationship, okay, here's why I think you'd be interested in your, in, you know, in this book, basically. Being, and yeah, we're very, very personal with how we pitch each outlet um, so that they know that we're not just, you know, shooting fish in a barrel. We're, we're really thinking that this is going to be a great fit for them and, and telling them why. And Books Forward would never do this because this is one of the reasons I, I was so excited to talk with you because uh, I've, I've, I've been approached by enough publicist now. You start to get a sense of, of, of who's a good publicist and who, who has room to grow. Um, and anytime I get something that just says, dear editor or dear content producer, like, all right, well, that's that's already, unless the, the book that's listed, well, I always, I always scroll down just a little bit. Have you got an amazing book or is it an author I've heard of? Nope. And get out of here. I, I, I feel no compulsion to respond to you. If you've used my name and you mentioned my website, I at the very least feel obligated to write you an email stating, why I'm not interested in pursuing the, the project for now. Right. Um, to, just for, for any publicist out there listening, wondering why didn't uh, Rob can ever get back to me? Well, did you call me dear editor? 
next yeah. time let me rub <laughs> yeah and it's i mean i my heart goes out to those people because i know it's like some people just are just time wise and you know and the amount of clients they have it is tough but yeah i mean that is something that we are super super passionate about and it's like one of our main focuses is personalizing each pitch because i mean we just know from experience you don't get the same kind of response when you you know, form pitch people as you do when you really personally pitch people and reach out to them and let them know why you're passionate about this book. You might get lucky if it's a, if it's a book that I'm interested in. Yeah. I'll look past the dear editor, it's fine. Um, but, but you I, never know. I'm not interested. I'm not going to write your first first book. What really breaks my heart is the people who've sent me physical books without checking with me first to see if it's like, I'll get adult books. Like, okay, well, I might read that later for fun, but I'm not going to promote it. Right. This wasted part of an author's budget. Don't do that. <laughs> yes. And I, I, I will get those occasionally too, like just as a, you know, a bookstagrammer. And I'm like, oh, I'm never going to read this. Why? Because like, you know, how much money it costs. And it's like, it breaks my heart. But like, I, I can't, I, I have no interest in this book. It makes me popular because I know lots of uh, children who love to receive arcs that I have no interest in. Yep. <laughs> what else am I going to do with it? If you want to read it, great. Try and post a review. <laughs> let's, let's get them something for this. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. You put together the pitch proposal that's going to come out says, Dear Rob Kent, my author is interested in appearing at Middle Grade Ninja. What, bare minimum, what do you want to tell me or whoever else about the book and about the author? Oh, gosh. Writing a pitch is definitely an art form. Um, everybody's pitches look different, which as they should, because everybody has a different style. I was a copy editor, so mine are very short and edited. Um, and other people's are longer and, and every kind of outlet is going to be different. You know, if I'm approaching an outlet about interviewing you, I'm obviously going to talk more about like, okay, what does Rob want to talk about? You know, the book will be on the list, but there's also other things, you know, you may want to talk about, you know, being a podcast host and, and other interests, uh, or other specific parts of the book or why you wrote it or your author journey. Um, whereas if it's simply about the book, you know, I'm going to try and highlight, maybe comp titles, um, but unique things about the book. Why is this book going to be interesting to people and why are people going to want to read it? So, you know, there's a whole art of catching, a, um, crafting a catchy headline um, and then writing kind of a hook sentence to, to grab people's attention because I tend to not give people the benefit of the doubt and assume that they're going to be bored like two sentences in. So I try and like get information in there as quickly as I can um, and then I tell them what my ask is. What am I asking of them? You know, I'm asking them to review the book or I'm asking them to interview you or I'm asking them to run a guest article or whatever the case may be. And then we always include a link to the press kit that has, I'm sorry, the press folder, which has the press kit, but also downloadable headshot, downloadable book cover, um, any other kind of um, materials. Like if it's a middle grade book with illustrations, we may have like downloadable illustrations of the characters or something like that. And you're sending me a link to, to, or whoever, you're sending a link to go to receive that information as opposed to an attachment there on the email or both? Yes. And uh, it does come across sometimes in Google Drive as an attachment. Um, but from, for the most part, it's, it's, we link them to that folder so that they can kind of pull whatever they may need. 
I know on the uh, website you talk both about uh, you, you guys accept both self-published authors as well as traditionally published authors. So one question a traditionally published author might, or one, one thought a traditionally published author might have is, well, the whole reason I went with a traditional publisher is so they would take care of all of my publicity and I could just watch my Netflix and every so often check Amazon to see all the, the sales have gone through the roof. Uh, what realistically could we expect for a traditional publishing house to do for a book? And why would we maybe want to go to Books Forward or additional publicists beyond that? Sure. Um, so, you know, traditional publishing can run the gamut of, you know, being published by one of the big five, now kind of the big six with Amazon to, you know, maybe an indie publisher. Um, and those will all have different levels of what they're going to do for different clients. Um, you know, <clears throat> one of the big five, they all have, they have in-house teams, um, but it's going to depend on if you're a frontless title or not. If you're a frontless title, they may be blowing it out and they're going to do everything. Um, they generally are going to submit you for industry reviews. So places like School Library Journal, Publishers Weekly, Kirkus Forward, things like that. Um, and they're also going to have a list of other places that they're going to submit the book to um, large, you know, media reviewers like LA Review of Books, things like that. And then they're going to have a list probably of um, book influencers, you know, bloggers, things like that, that they'll send the book to as well. Um, and then maybe a smaller indie publisher or a vanity publisher. Um, they may do some of that. They may not do all of that. Um, but I always think that's a super valuable question to ask your publisher. Like, what are you guys doing? Is there stuff that I should be doing? And then kind of think about, okay, is it worth it? Like, do you have the budget? And do you want to do more beyond what they're doing basically? Cause there are a lot of things that, you know, it, I mean, there's just endless amounts of things you can do. And that's something that is really overwhelming. I think when you are, okay, I'm done writing the book. What's next? I don't know. There are so many options. So, you know, asking your publisher can be really helpful because you can see what they're doing and you can say, okay, I want to do more than that. And that's when you would, you know, possibly hire an outside publicity company. Um, we work with publishers all the time and kind of say, okay, what are you guys doing? How can we complement your efforts? So that may be giving a secondary nudge to some of their contacts, or it may be, we just have a different list entirely that we're pursuing, or they may focus on industry outlets and we focus on book influencers and bloggers and things like that. Or we focus on your long-term branding career and they're just focused on, you know, this specific book or we're doing, I mean, obviously there's a, a infinite number of combinations there. Um, but basically what we do when we work with uh, traditionally published authors is try to complement their in-house team's efforts. Um, so, and that's something that generally works really well. We send them, hey, we got this. If you want to post about it on social media, they'll do the same for us. And so it can be really, really helpful to kind of have um, an attack from two sides if you are having, if you do have an in-house team and you have them working on publicity for you as well. So ideally, and there's always going to be the one-off situation, but ideally the in-house team should see this as an opportunity to have more folks on the team all working toward the same goal. Nobody's yeah. feeling like, hey, you, 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 you reached out to that person. That was going to be our person. Yes. And we, and we definitely don't want to do that. So we say, you know, send us your list. We basically are already making a list, but we'll cross through that person if they're on your list. Because there's always other people out there that we can reach out to. I mean, there's just a vast number of book reviewers and, and opportunities. There's, you know, there's so many rabbit holes we can go down with every book. And, and there's always places that we can think of to, to, to approach instead, basically. 
Okay, silly outsider question, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway. That's, that's kind of my whole role on this show is to ask all the uh, outsider questions <laughs> and all learn from my from my mistakes. Um, but uh, is there any element of competition there where, hey, if I send you the list of who we're thinking about promoting this book to, now the next time we go to promote with them, they're not going to be available because Book Forward sent them all their people? Um, it is unlikely um, because, I mean, like I said earlier, a lot of those industry outlets just work with traditional publishers across the board. So, you know, we pitch them differently. The publishers may just send them books because they know that they have that established connection. You know, we may reach out to them because we think this book is a good fit for you because you reviewed this comp title. So we may reach out to them differently, but it also doesn't necessarily, you know, they're not going to say, no, I, I already have. Um, I'm already reviewing six books this month. If it's a book they're really interested in, they're going to say, yeah, let me, let me take a look at it. So it's not like there's a limit or a cap on anything. Um, and also, you know, to be totally transparent, we probably, they probably know who we're going to reach out to. And we probably know who they're going to reach out to just because we're all industry professionals and, you know, we, we know what's up and we know the places that everybody needs to be, you know, we know the places that need to be reached out to. So we just aren't going to double up on their efforts, but we probably already knew that that existed and have contact, have contacts there, if that makes sense. Sounds. And for the author who isn't sure what to make of their, you know, because publishers, like anybody else, will 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 present their best self and say, "Hey, we're going to do an amazing amount of stuff." And oh no, a couple of our people got fired, and somebody new came in, uh, or or whatever the case may be. How can they get a good read of what's actually going to happen if I reach out to my traditional publisher and I say, "Hey, what are you guys going to do for the book?" And they say, "The very best we can." Well, that's not that doesn't right. get specific. Should I be expecting like an itemized list of we are going to do this? I think only if you ask for it, um, I, it's, it very much will depend on, on your publisher and on the publicist that you have, that's working on your book. But I think asking specific questions is going to get you the best answer. Like, okay, are you submitting for trade reviews from forward Kirkus, things like that? Um, are you going to be reaching out to book talkers? Are you going to be reaching out to book bloggers? So asking specific questions is very helpful because then they have to say, yes, we are, or no, we're not, or whatever the case may be. Sure. And if I'm wanted to, <clears throat> as I mentioned, uh, Books Forward is amazing, but there are some publicists out there that have room to grow. And I, I'm assuming they're going to get they're going to get they're going to get it all together. Or they're probably listening to us now, taking notes. <laughs> and be a whole new them tomorrow. Uh, but as of today, there are some publicists out there that that frankly I think are making mistakes and shouldn't be worth the investment. And when we're talking something like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, or two hundred thousand, whatever that's going to be, how? what's a reasonable way for an author to audit the experience they've received to make sure they got their value and also to um, evaluate a, a publicist up front to make sure this is somebody that could reasonably be expected to deliver what we expect to receive? Yeah, I mean, I think hiring a publicist is a really personal experience or hiring a publicity firm should be a really personal experience because writing your book is a really personal experience. I mean, I, I cannot, like I said, I cannot imagine writing a book. So I can't imagine handing your baby off to someone else to kind of take care of 
you know, it's almost like getting a babysitter. You, you have to trust them. You have to have a good feeling of who they are. Do they pay attention? Are they organized? Do they get back to you in a timely manner? You know, are they complimentary? Do they seem like they are truly passionate about you and your book and, and doing the publicity for it? So I think on the front end, you know, that there's a personality factor to it, you know, do you guys mesh? you know, and cause that's, that's not going to be the case everywhere, but you're going to be working with these people for a long time. And like you said, this is an investment. So you want to make sure that you're meshing with whoever you hire because, you know, it's, it's a long-term thing and you want to be comfortable with, with the direction that you're going in. Um, and then just making, you know, I think having like a, a, you know, kind of hammered in, but what are your goals? Did they help you meet those goals? And you might have tiers of goals, you know, tier one might be, hitting the New York Times bestseller list. Okay. Maybe that's a five to 10 year goal, but you know, for this book, particularly we look at tier two goals. Okay. Did I sell 500 books? Did I book in a, a launch event or something like that? Um, and so kind of saying, um, did they help me hit those goals or did they help me figure out a way f- that I can hit those goals or, or something like that? And that's kind of how I would measure success in a campaign. Are there any red flags that you would be watching out for right up front? Um, for, for like, if you're hiring a publicity firm. Yeah. I mean, I think like you said earlier, if they're writing you an email and they're not like addressing you by your, by your name or they mess up your book title or something like that. I mean, that would be an immediate, like, I wouldn't feel good about it. You know, an author that goes to them and say, Hey, you're going to send this to all the best people. And they're like, yeah, I really want to get on the middle grade ninja podcast. You're going to make that happen. Right. Exactly. Uh, Don't, don't pay for that esteemed audience. Just, just send me an email. We'll see what we can make that happen. Oh (laughs) no. Let me know. You can go through me. I will help you. I know a guy. Fair enough. Um, But um, so, so to me, I assume because they're going to get some form of money. Uh, up front, they're going to be as nice as possible. How do I evaluate them on the back and make sure they're not somebody that's sending out the dear, uh, dear editor? Um, well, you can kind of, I mean, if you're in a good place because you get pitched, so you kind of know what to look for there. But I think, I mean, you're not going to pay for something before, hopefully, before you hire someone. So I think how they approach you is is a good indicator of how they are approaching other places. Of course, they, they're wanting to, like you said, get money from you. So it's going to be a little bit different, but you can ask, I mean, again, asking them detailed questions is really helpful. Kind of like you've been interviewing me. I mean, this is the kind of questions that I would expect an author to have when, you know, for an ambassador, when we're on the front end, um, are they able to give thorough answers or if they're not able to give thorough answers, do they say, let me check with my team. I'll get back to you. And do they get back to you with a really good answer? Um, because I think that that is going to be, you know, indicative of your experience going forward. So that is something that I would look for as well. Gotcha. Uh, and then, um, Oh, I had a burning question right on the tip of my tongue, and it's gone. Oh, and it would have it would have made all the difference. I'm so I'll sorry. pop into your head at two a.m. <laughs> um, well, as far as um, uh, what to expect, we've talked about um, going out and reaching out to bloggers, reviewers, uh, radio programs, all of that. How about school visits? Would that be something that would be reasonable to expect a publicist to book for you? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, that makes sense for some authors and not for some authors. But for middle grade authors, I love that. I think it's such a fun opportunity, especially now that we kind of all know how to use <laughs> Zoom and things like that. 
kind of opens up a whole new world to be able to do author visits with schools. And I know a lot of uh, middle grade authors, YA authors, picture book authors are really passionate about that. And it's, it's so rewarding for those kind of authors. So I, I love setting up school visits or, or library, you know, appearances, things like that, readings at bookstores. Um, yeah, any of that kind of stuff is, is something that we do uh, frequently and, you know, love to do for authors. Uh, and let's talk money, and then I want to talk about uh, pandemic promotion as well. But let's a little bit about that uh, about that money conversation. Um, if we're talking twenty thousand dollars, is it okay? Well, you guys are going to start tomorrow, so here's your check for twenty thousand dollars. Let me know when I'm famous, or am I getting involved along the way? Are we paying in installments? How would we might we expect that to go, and what's what's a reasonable expectation? So one thing we do look for with authors is are they going to partner with us in publicity. And so that means, you know, I'm going to email you and say, can you write a guest article? Of course, it's not feasible for everybody, but we are going to want to know that they're open to doing things to help promote the book because it's your baby. You know, we, we know it, but we don't know it as well as you do. So we want to know that you're open to doing interviews or doing, you know, you know, guest articles or whatever the case may be. Um, so it's super, yeah, checking out's not really an option. Um, I mean, it might be for some people, but for authors that we work with, we really want them to feel like they're a part of, of what we're doing. And it's not that they're doing the work, but it's that they're, you know, um, helping to make sure that places that we're reaching out to, that we have success reaching out to them because we might be reaching out to them about an interview. Um, I think we usually split up the payments into a monthly installment. So if it's $20,000 over five months, we'd probably do $4,000 a month. Um, but we usually schedule pretty far out. Like what month is it? February. So I think we're scheduling for like early summer, late spring, early summer right now. Yeah. Like May, June, July. Um, we do have sometimes have faster turnarounds than that, but I mean, we, we just spots book up. And, um, so we do try to, um, again, encourage people to reach out to us pretty early on so that we know we can get them fit into the schedule and everything. I assume that there's some sort of, or some amount of wiggle room depending on an author's individual situation, right? Yeah, for sure. Gotcha. Ah, and then um, as far as the pandemic goes, um, obviously that's going to change. I know school visits are, it's more or less virtual only right now until, but knock on what we've said a, a few times that hopefully we're heading out of this thing and hopefully we are, but there's yeah. could be another variant around the corner who knows with this? Um, what? Uh, how do you work around that? How has that impacted how what what you're able to do for people? So the good news is, is a lot of what we do is email. So that part of things didn't change a ton. Um, mail delays were a little tricky. Um, getting, I mean, there was a printing problems. You know, just literally getting books. So that was a little bit tricky. So, but we've kind of been navigating through that. And people, bloggers, reviewers, places like that have been really great about accepting eBooks when we just don't have print arcs available, or when a shipping container sinks to the bottom of the ocean with all the advanced reader copies of a book, which happened with the cookbook recently. I mean, it's just, you know. Um, there've been all kinds of weird bumps, but I will say the biggest change has been events. Like you said, um, you know, we have been setting up in-person events here and there. Um, but like you said, uh, we don't know what's going to change next week. So, I mean, when this airs, we could be doing in-person events all over the place. I don't know. Um, I hope so, but, uh, 
it's, it's changed a lot. So 2020 was very much, yes, let's do every virtual event possible because nobody else is doing anything. Like, let's just do it. Um, but bookstores kind of took a step back, reevaluated at the end of 2020 and said, we're not making money off of this. <laughs> like we're having to staff these kind of things, have people moderate them, but people aren't necessarily buying books like they would for an in-person event. So 2021 was a little bit more, um, you know, there were fewer virtual events available. So we're still pitching virtual events, but we really needed to make sure that it was something that made sense or had a point of view. So we're not just pitching, you know, a launch event every single night because we don't want authors to um, show up to a launch event and, and not have anybody in their virtual crowd. That's no fun. So we try to make sure we pitch, you know, one big launch event. And that's just like we would do in person. Um, but, you know, now it's kind of virtually. And it's also depending on where they are. Some places are more open to doing in-person events than other places. So we kind of just evaluate as we go. Um, and authors have been very, very great about being flexible and just doing what makes the most sense when we get to that part of their campaign. I don't know if I had uh, about money, not, not to focus on it, but um, if it's you investment. events, I think it's not unreasonable to charge speaking fees. If you want me on your panel, great. Uh, that's an hour of my time. Let's determine what that's going to be worth. Let's talk about what it's going to cost to have me for a school visit or whatever else. And when I say me, of course, I mean uh, whatever author we're, we're talking about. Is there a way to sort of try to budget that against the cost of the um, promoting? So we're saying, okay, well, it's twenty thousand dollars, but don't worry, we're going to make sure that we get at least ten of ten thousand of that back in speaking fees along the way as we go. Is that even reasonable to be talking about? I don't think it's unreasonable, but I'm going to be very honest with you that no, you should not expect that. Um, place the budgetarily especially for schools there's not a budget for that kind of thing and you're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities if you're only looking for paid speaking opportunities and i don't know that we really would to pr present that for for a school business we would probably say that doesn't make sense for you to be quite honest um because you, I kind of think about it as like, this is an investment in yourself and you are, this is, this is, you wrote the book and this is the secondary part of being a writer is promoting yourself. And so this is not the part that you're going to, you know, you're not going to make money off of this unless you are, have won all kinds of awards and you're a bestseller. It's like maybe 1% of authors that, that charge that kind of thing um, successfully anyway. Um, so I would say that for the most part, those kind of appearances, I, I would not, I would, ex I would tell, recommend to an author that they don't charge speaking fees or anything like that. And then the idea here is that because you're going to have been so widely promoted and covered, the book is going to continue to sell. And then the royalties will, will presumably make up that additional investment at some point down the road. That's the hope. Um, I mean, we definitely don't say, yeah, like, yeah, you're going to make your money back or anything like that. Um, it's definitely an investment into, uh, it's great for like, like we said, long-term author careers, because you're building a base. So for your next book, you're going to have all these people to go back to, hopefully see higher sales for that. For people who are one-time authors, you know, this is they they have a book, they want to get it out of their system and then they're done. We do focus probably more on sales there than we would for maybe somebody who's doing um, who's hoping to have a longer author career. That's more of a, you know, a long journey that we kind of have longer term, um, 
goals for. So, you know, of course, sales are important for every single book, but we want to make sure that we think about what does the future look like for somebody who's writing more than one book. Um, so we, we don't, yeah, I mean, we never promise like, yeah, you're going to make your money back or you're going to hit this certain number of sales because there's really no way to know what that's going to look like down the line. Noah, I want you to be the one person in publishing that can promise a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Let me know if you find that person. I want to talk to them. Ella sure. um, Woodfield, this has been an absolute pleasure. I'm, I'm watching our time, and I know it's it's, it's going away from us rapidly. Uh, you've said so many uh, wonderfully intelligent things, and... <laughs> Obviously, I need to follow that up with a question. Ellen Woodfield, have you ever seen a flying saucer and or a ghost? Not that I know of. You know, I, I think flying saucers, I feel like would have noticed more for the ghost thing. You know, I feel like there's sometimes there's something behind me. You don't see it. But is it is it there? Was it there? I don't know. I'm right. open to things. You know, I think there are some things that I just don't have the capacity to know everything about. And that's okay. If uh, this will be my, my final question for today, um, if there was one thing you could impart to every author who's watching or listening to us, one thing, whatever, how many things you have, many things you like that would make a difference in their approach to publicity uh, that you wish they'd take to heart before they get started promoting their book, what would you tell them? Um, I, you know, I um, gave a, a presentation this weekend and I forgot to say my favorite quote. So I will use this opportunity to say my favorite quote. Um, this, this book, you wrote it, but this is the second part of your job. And so to quote Ron Swanson, um, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to do things halfway. You don't want to, you know, half-ass one thing you want to hold or two things you want to whole ass one thing. So basically don't just do the writing and then peter out. Do the promotion too because you are going to be your best advocate because this is your baby. So do what you can to help make the book a success, not just by doing a great job writing it, by doing what you can to help promote it, whether that's asking your publicity team questions to make sure that you know what's going on or hiring an outside publicity firm or, you know, emailing your friends and family and saying like, hey, help me promote my book by doing X, Y, Z. So any of that kind of stuff, I think authors a lot of times are embarrassed or feel like they shouldn't do that. You absolutely should do that. You are your book's best advocate. So make sure that you are going to be the one who is passionately promoting it. Where can esteemed audience find you online, follow you on social media and all that good stuff? Um, I actually do have a bookstagram. It's um, at reading the end on Instagram. Um, you can email me at ellen at booksforward.com um, or visit our website at booksforward.com. And we've got all kinds of great information on there. We have a blog that answers, um, you know, frequently asked questions from authors, but we also have like fun reading lists and things like that. Um, we have frequently asked questions. You can sign up for our influencer newsletter if you uh, are a book reviewer. Um, but yeah, email me if you have questions. Ellen Woodfield, it has been a privilege and a pleasure. Thank you so much for making the time for me and for esteemed audience. I think everybody learned a whole lot about promotion here uh, today. Um, as always, esteemed audience, for more information about me, for the back catalog of the show, and more important interviews with all the world's best people, head to middlegradeninja.com. Download your free copy of Banneker Bones and the Giant Robot Bees. It will change your life. And God willing, I'm alive. I'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It was such a pleasure.